You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beit Shemesh Israel, 5782-2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha Zva'era, and at the end of last week's Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu, you sent me, you sent me to redeem the people, and what has gone on, what has happened, Paro just made it much more difficult for the Jewish people, instead of them receiving the straw that they need in order to create the bricks that they're meant to, to create, they have to create the same amount of bricks and they do not receive the straw. They have to go searching for the straw. Life has only gotten worse for them. Why did you send me? Why did you send me if, if it would just bring about a much worse situation for the Jewish people? And Hashem responds at the beginning of our parsha. God speaks to Moshe and Lashon Dibur is a Lashon, a tough way of speaking. And Elikim is the name of Hashem, which refers to His judgment. But He responds, it starts off with judgment, as we'll see in the Medrash, and it ends off with Rachamim. He says, I am God, Yudke Vavke, represents God's attribute of mercy. What is the concept here? Why does the Pasuk switch from God speaking to Him in a tough way? Vayedaber, Elikim, both, both of these words indicating certain judgment. Why does it switch to Vayoymer, which is a softer type of speech, and Hashem Yudke Vavke Rachamim? Why does the Pasuk do that? So in order to understand this, Medrash teaches us an incredible, incredibly important idea, and it gives us two examples. One is King Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech, and one is Moshe Rabbeinu. And it says as follows, This is what it says in the verse, The Pasuk tells us, in a simple understanding of the verse, that Shlom HaMelech, King Solomon, he turned his gaze, he, he looked around, and he wanted to see what's wise, what's foolish. He says, look, I'm, I'm the king. That's what Shlom HaMelech says. I'm the king. And whatever I experience, you don't have to bother with getting the experience yourself, because if the king has already tasted it and says, this doesn't taste good, you know you're in good hands. You don't have to taste all of the different possibilities, you can trust the king. That's the Pashat Pshat in the Pasuk. However, the Medrash tells us there's a deeper Pshat in this Pasuk in Kahelas chapter chapter 2, verse 12 in Ecclesiastes. This verse in the in the uh, Midrashic sense is a reference to Moshe Rabbeinu and Shlomo HaMelech. Both of them, in a certain sense, there was something, there's something that the king, and in the drush it means the king is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is God. God does things, God understands the big picture of things, and the human being with his finite mind sometimes believes that, they, that we get the whole picture. But of course, so many times we do not get the whole picture. And it's so important to understand, and that's what the Medrash points out to us. We have two instances, Al Shlomo Ketzad. In regards to King Solomon, how is this? When God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, so He gave positive commandments, He gave negative commandments. There are certain commandments that are given to the king. You can't have too many, too many uh, horses. You can't have too much uh, gold and silver. And shouldn't have too many wives such that he shouldn't, his heart shouldn't be turned away. If a person gets too involved, he's the king. He's, he's, the, he's the greatest of the, of the country. 
So he should be able to have all of the excesses that he wishes. The Pusik says he shouldn't have too much. He should be careful. Watch out. He shouldn't have his heart led astray. It's too, it's too dangerous for a person who has so much power to wield that power in a way of excess. The Pusik says his heart shouldn't turn away. King Solomon, so he got up and he felt like he was smarter, as it were, than the decree of God. King Solomon, the verse tells us, had a thousand wives. The Torah limits the amount of wives a king may have. It was vastly, the number was vastly more than was permitted. Why did he do that? This was his cheshman. He said, he says, look, why does the Torah say that a person shouldn't have so many wives? It's so that a person's heart not turn astray. I know myself, said King Solomon. I know that even if I have a thousand wives, I will not be drawn after my wives. I will not be drawn after their negative behavior. Amr Abbasenu, so our sages tell us an amazing thing. Such a beautiful, beautiful idea. Different explanations of this idea, whether it's literal, whether it's, it's a, an, an analogy. The letter Yud, that little letter Yud of the word Lo Yarbe Lenoshim, he shouldn't have too many. He shouldn't have too many. That little letter Yud said, it came in front of God and he said, and said, Marta, did you not say this, O Master of the World? That no letter of the Torah can ever be nullified forever. The Torah is written, the Torah is given to Moses at Mount Sinai, given over to the Jewish people 3,300 years ago. Every single letter, every single pronunciation that we have, any letter that's missing, everything is exactly as it was. We know we have documents from 2,000 years ago, we know that our Torah is accurate. And it, it goes back another th- 1,300 years, 3,300 years ago. It can't be that any letters are insignificant. King Solomon, he's saying that I'll do what I want. But the verse says, this is one of the explanations of this Medrash, the verse says, no one will, lo yarbe, velo yasser, a person will never succeed, the verse is saying. The person will never succeed in having so many wives and also succeeding in staying upon the correct path. Shlomo HaMelech is trying to say that he can do it. It can't be. said the letter Yud Tashem. King Solomon is is nullifying me. Starting today, he's doing one letter, the letter Yud. On a different day, it's going to be something else. It'll be something else, and it'll come to nullify the entire Torah. Says Hakadosh Baruch Hu, God says to this little letter Yud, "Don't you worry. He's not going to be. He's not going to nullify not one little speck of you. The letter Yud will remain. Shlomo himself will be nullified, and a thousand like him, but never a letter, not even a, a smidgen of a letter in the Torah will be nullified." What does the verse say? about King Solomon because he tried to nullify a letter from the Torah what happened to him there's a verse it's in Mishle also it's in Proverbs the very words of King Solomon himself tell us 
that Shlomo HaMelech gathered so much wisdom, so many words of Torah, and what happened in the end, he spit them out, he threw them up. Why? These words, the words of the man who said that God is with me, that I'm going to succeed, even though I'm defying the word of God, King Solomon. Hashem says, I'm sorry, the verse tells us, in Malachim Aleph, in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4, that it was when he was in his elderly years, his wives indeed turned his heart away from God. So King Solomon, and so bringing it back, the thing that the king says, right? If the Torah says something, if the king, the master of the world, says something in his Torah, he says, a king can't do this, he's going to end up going off the proper path. Shlomo Melech didn't have he thought in, in himself that he that he had the ability to to overcome this this nisayon, this challenge but the verse testifies that no one will have that ability and Shlomo HaMelech and a thousand like him could throw themselves against this prohibition believing that they could overcome it but they won't overcome it the broad vision the broad vision the Torah HaKadosh Baruch who God Himself sees everything from far beyond what we mortal people see. And even Shlomo HaMelech, the greatest mind of all time, the wisest of all men, even Shlomo HaMelech could make a mistake because his vision is not great enough, is not big enough. And indeed, in the end of his, his life, he fell as a result of his mistake. That was Shlomo HaMelech. Now we come back, the Medrash comes back to Moshe Rabbeinu and it says like this I'm sorry before Moshe Rabbeinu Shlomo says this that I thought that I was more wise than the words of the Torah and I acted as if I understand the deepest understanding of what the Torah means even Shlomo HaMelech admits, he admits that nobody can defy God's word. Nobody, if God says it's going to be a certain way, you can't defy it. Who can really go to the depths of what God says and say that I'm going to, I understand what God means and I know in myself that uh, it doesn't apply to me. No one has the right to say that. Shlomo HaMelech understood that in the end. That which is hewn in front of God. God, when He writes His Torah, He tells us facts. He tells us the facts of life. Nothing can change. Whatever the Torah says is precisely true. You can't play with it. You can't mess with it. And there's deeper things than what the Torah reveals on the surface that's really an important idea that Mephoshim say. We see the Torah says, okay, this is the reason. Don't, don't marry so many wives. You might end up being pulled off. You think you won't be pulled off. You don't understand how things work. You don't understand the deepest depths. Even the wisest of all men can't see in the broad way that God sees. It's a very interesting thing the Medrash says. Again, before we get to Moshe Rabbeinu, we'll be there soon. Every single thing that God decreed upon the world, first He asks the Famalia Shamal, He asks all of the angels that surround Him. And as a fortune point out, what are we talking about? These are angels 
that God sends down, as it were, into the world. And they understand the ways of the human being. And they understand how things run in this world, as it were. Of course, God knows everything. God is much higher. But God has a a a, um, a vision, so to speak, for the way it should things should be. Things ought to be. However, he discusses it with his with his malachim, who have, so to speak, an hands-on experience of the world, and he says, is this how things will play out? God looks at it, how it's going to play out based on the world that he created, based on the, the way that human beings work. So, before God makes a decree, he says, what do you guys think? What do you angels say? Let's see, how's it going to play out? So if God indeed gave that decree, He gave that mitzvah, we can be assured that it's something that is absolutely true. It's absolutely, absolutely true. There's an agreement on the part of the angels who understand, so to speak, all that goes on in this world. So the verse tells us the verses tell us that every single word of God is is purified to the ultimate degree, is checked out, and it's made sure that it's true and it's always going to be true. Nothing that we find in the Torah can ever be changed. And that's why he fell. That's why Shlomo HaMelech was nichshol. He tripped over his own two feet in regards to this matter. He didn't have the broad vision. God sees things from every perspective. He sees it down. This, this idea of him asking the, the angels is really a, an analogy for us to understand that God looks at the entire scenario, sees all of the pieces, sees all of the entire picture, down to its finest details and off to its broadest. You know, he sees it from a bird's eye view and he sees it from an ant's eye view. Now we come back to Moshe Rabbeinu, and we see, in regards to Moshe as well, Moshe also made a mistake, which was, he looked at things from his narrow view, he looked at things from, from very close up, he didn't see things in a broad way. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees everything in a broad way, number one, he sees it broadly where things are headed, but also he looks at Moshe Rabbeinu, that's the beauty of this Medrash, so powerful. Hashem looks at Moshe Rabbeinu and he also sees Moshe in his in a very broad way. Let's see. Moshe Rabbeinu is getting all upset, he's saying, what's going on? Paro made things much worse for the Jewish people. Previously, at least they had straw for the bricks. Now they have to find the straw and they have to make the bricks. Ulam, Paru said, make it much worse for them, make it harder for them. Nirpim, nirpim. They're lazy. So Moshe Rabbeinu complains. God already informed Moshe that, that Paru's heart is going to be hardened. That Paru's not going to let them out so easily. The verse says in Exodus, last week's parsha. I know, says God, to Moshe Rabbeinu, he gave him, he gave him a preview of what's going to happen. Paro is not going to let them out. He's going to, I'm, I'm going to harden his heart. Moshe didn't take this information and, and, and keep it in his mind. He thinks he's smarter than God. 
And he starts off and he says, Hashem, why did you do bad to them? Why did you, why did you bring about a bad effect? Moshe didn't want to be part of, he thought he's part of the, the Geula process, the redemption process. Why is it that something negative is happening here? He's on the fun of. So Moshe started to, to, to judge in front of God. So this verse, which we quoted in, in Kohelis, which refers to the foolishness of thinking that you understand God, that's a reference to Moshe and the approach that he had, saying, saying that, hey, how could you be doing something bad to them? Because as the verse says, how can a person understand the king? We don't understand God's ways. We don't understand what he's doing. Why is Moshe Rabbeinu saying something negative to God? Saying, God, why are you causing them evil? Why, why, are you, why is they, have things gotten worse? But he already explained this to you. Moshe already was, it was made revealed to him already that this is what's going to happen. Exactly this. Gonna harden his heart. He's gonna harden his heart. He's not gonna let them out, and therefore he's going to have a tremendous challenge and difficulty is going to come about. The Asadasarmakas, the ten plagues. And that's what this was going to be the Mida Kineged Mida, the punishment for having caused the Jewish people to be enslaved for so long. In such a hard way. Because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't look at things broadly, but rather challenged God in this way, forgot, didn't keep in his heart what Hashem had said to him previously. So as a result of that, so the Midas Hadin, which is represented by the name Elohim, which we mentioned at the beginning, God speaks to him tough. God speaks to him with the name Elohim, which denotes God's divine justice. So Moshe is about to be struck by divine justice. That's what it means. But Hashem, of course, sees everything in two ways. He sees it from His high and high and mighty throne. He sees it the way it should be, but He also sees it from down to the, the besides the bird's eye view. He sees it the ant's eye view. He sees it from close up, and He sees Moshe Rabbeinu that way as well. Why did Moshe speak this way? Moshe only spoke this way not because he was coming at Hashem, as it were, with anger, with upset, but he spoke that way because he felt the pain of his brothers. He felt the pain of the Jewish people. Look how difficult it is for them. Look what a terrible time they are having. Look how hard it is for them. They're being beaten up for nothing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed the way that he was speaking to, to, to Moshe. So, after the angry response that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has, as it were, so to speak, Hashem speaks to him softly with Rahman. Ani Hashem, I'm the one, I'm the Balarachamim, I'm the one who has mercy. So Hashem was looking at Moshe Rabbeinu, even though Moshe Rabbeinu was looking at it from a very small perspective, not seeing the whole picture, HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at Moshe and responds and says, I see the whole picture. I see the whole picture of you. I'm not going to get upset at you. I could get upset at you for the way that you're speaking to me, for the way that you're, you're judging the situation incorrectly, but I won't. I won't get upset at you. I'm going to show you Rachman because I see the compassion that you have for the Jewish people. I see that you are in pain for their pain. 
And because you are in pain for their pain, I have rachmim on you. I have rachmim on you. I see the whole picture of what's going on in your heart of hearts, Kodesh Baruch says. So that's the beautiful, beautiful Medrash. explains the Pasuk, but it teaches us an amazing lesson, a few amazing lessons. You know, the Jewish people have gone through so many challenges through all of history. The Jewish people are currently going through incredible challenges. The Haredi world is going through some pretty heavy challenges right now. And we all have challenges in our personal lives. And it's so easy to turn to God and say, Lama Hariyaisa. It's so easy to say to Hashem, Why is this terrible thing happening? Why is this terrible situation that we can't grasp, we can't wrap our mind around? Why does this happen? Why does it happen that there are threats against the Jewish people in Israel? There are threats against the Jewish people everywhere. That there is such hatred of the Jewish people. Why does it happen? Lama Hariyaisa. It's so easy to ask that question. But the Medrash is teaching us that that question, number one, is a legitimate question, right? Hashem has rachamim amesher Rabbeinu. I'm the God of mercy. Hashem sees when it comes out of our pain. He sees when we're asking that question. It's so important to ask the question right. Ask it out of pain. is is legitimate. But also the Medrash teaches us that we don't see the whole picture. Just like Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, he thought he saw the whole picture, but he didn't see the whole picture. Only a Kaddish Baruch who has that, that vision from above, that outside complete objective, the ability to see everything objectively. We don't have that natural ability. We are challenged because we live in this moment. We don't see the whole picture. And the Medjish is teaching us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does see the whole picture. And of course, we know where the story goes. We know that ultimately, the difficulty of, of the Jewish people that they experienced at that moment was the worst of the difficulty that they would experience. And they were about to be relieved of the slavery. They, they were about to be redeemed. And the Eser Makis, the incredible miracles would come. We know that the rest of the story is one, a great story, a, a story of redemption. But Moshe Rabbeinu in this moment didn't didn't see that, didn't know that, but he spoke out of pain. And it's legitimate, again, as we said, it's legitimate to speak out of pain when we are in pain. But we need to know that there's a bigger picture, a much bigger picture that we don't see, we don't know. We will see one day, we will know. But in this moment, we may not see it. And it's so important to know this, that's the idea of being done lekafschus, judging people favorably, because we don't know the whole picture. We don't know all of the details. We can't possibly fathom another person. Do we know? Do we know what happened? Do we know what they meant? What they said? What they meant? All the things that went into that decision that they made, that we're judging them negatively for? We don't know. What we do know is that we don't know. That's what the Medrash is teaching us. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should be able to have the humility. The humility to recognize that we don't know. And when we have a question, when we have a challenge for God, as it were, we should have the humility to have that challenge, to speak up that, speak about that challenge out of tsar, out of pain, and not out of anger. Hashem should help us to be able to have the right approach, to be able to have the right understanding, to be able to understand that we really don't know. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes 
Ari Goldwag. <laughs>